That's 162 games of the baseball season, and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Gary Sanchez strike out a hundred times or seeing Judge hit a bomb. Bang! Bogart's making plays, Rafi hitting nukes, or Barnes blowing a save. Arguing with your friend, making dumb bets, or complaining about your team again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Come on, y'all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. Manfred, Gamby and Beal are making a podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am the Yankee fan of this podcast, one of your co-hosts, Andrew Gambardello III, coming at you from Virginia Beach area, Virginia. But coming to us live from Boston is Mr. Matthew Beal and his brother, Timmy Beal. Beals, how are we doing today? How are you feeling? What's the weather like in Boston? I'm doing great. The weather's a little bit hot. It's it's nice out to some standards, but it's 90 degrees, and I'm just not a fan of 90 degree weather. Um, what is your ideal weather? My ideal weather is about 65 to 73. <laughs> Precisely. 68 uh, yeah. to 75. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. that's that's the nice weather in my mind. I can tolerate anything up to 85 degrees, but once we get over that. I am miserable for the rest of the day. Yeah, mine's more of a 70, 73 to 80 type weather yeah. with, a, with a nice breeze. That's insane. That's too hot. <laughs> I'd be sweating. Yeah. Well, let's get, let's get right into it today. We're, we're predicting um, the records for this week like we always do. Um, coming out of the All-Star break, the Yankees this week have a doubleheader against the Astros today and a weekend series against the Orioles in Camden Yards. So I'm going to say that the Yankees go three and two. I think they win the series against the Orioles. They might sweep. Um, I would not be surprised. Usually in a doubleheader, it's very tough to win two games in the doubleheader. So I'll say we only win one, split the doubleheader, and win win two out of three in uh, Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that you're not getting too gung-ho or uh, too confident before Baltimore series because we know how good they've been. Um, yeah, that's I awesome. honestly think that they're, they're ready to sweep the Yankees, but I mean, we'll see how <laughs> it goes. Yeah. I, I would be shocked if we got swept by the Orioles, no matter how hot this Orioles team has been, them 
maybe them getting to the all-star break was worse for that team than any other team in the league, just because of how, how good of base, how well they were playing heading into the all-star break. So any rest was just, just takes wind out of their sails. Um, but we're just the far superior team on paper. So I'll say that we take two of three in Baltimore and I'm going to be at a game. I'm going to be at Saturday night's game. So I just, hope that we win i just really hope we win That's obviously great. any fan hopes they win their games and in mm-hmm. games that i've been to of of recent the last three games i've been to um the yankees are two and one so i don't that doesn't i don't know why the hell i just said that because that factors in nothing to yeah never mind I don't know. They may heal you from the stands. <laughs> yeah, they, they might. They might. I am. I am. I did get good seats. I, I mean, the tickets at, at in uh, Camden Yards are surprisingly or maybe not so surprisingly pretty cheap. Um, but y'all are going to be at the game today or tomorrow uh, and tomorrow Saturday. and Saturday. We've got a three game set against the Blue Jays. Um, we've got them in Boston. So. We will not be affected by Tanner Houck and Jaron Duran not playing due to COVID rules. So that's that's a positive. But is it really going to help us at this point in the year? Probably not. Uh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not feeling the best about this series. I think I'm going to see a win. It'll probably be tomorrow night. We don't have the pitchers announced yet, but I'm thinking uh, – Timmy and I were talking about this today. I'm thinking Uvalde's got to be starting tomorrow if he's fully healthy and ready to go. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's where we're going to get the win. Rafi is coming off the high of being in an all-star starting lineup. Xander Bogarts, J.D., uh, coming back from L.A. as well. I, I, I think I think the offense has enough oomph to get them going and to, to get them excited. And with Uvalde on the mound, I, I mean, it doesn't really take a lot to win those games. So we'll take it tomorrow. But the next day, I just – I have no idea who's pitching. It might be Pavetta. It could be, I don't know, Winkowski. It could be anybody, just depending on who's hurt and who's not because that changes every week also. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm predicting a one and two record this weekend, which sucks. But Wow. Yeah, I'm I, I'm going away from my optimistic attitude because it's just not working for me, and I'm hoping the Red Sox can sweep the Blue Jays. And honestly, I probably do think they're going to sweep the Blue Jays, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say that they're going to go one and two, and then that'll make them sweep the Blue Jays. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm predicting sweeps and they lose, then maybe if I predict a loss, they're going to get a sweep. So. Yeah, it's, right. it's reverse psychology. I mean, it's right. the oldest trick in the book. But I've I don't too easy on this Red Sox team. I need to be a little bit more harsh. Yeah, you definitely win. unloaded on them last podcast. So I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's more pessimistic now and less optimism, or just realistic at this point. No, no, it's it's neither. I, I'm not pessimistic because I'm an optimist. And I'm not being a realist because I'm just not that way when it comes to sports. I actually think they're going to sweep the Blue Jays, but I'm going to say that they're going to go one and two just so that people don't catch on to my drift of, you know, 
jinxing them essentially. But so now you told them they don't. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, they they don't. They won't. They won't rat me out. They're my fans. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I'm Tim, Timmy, please. The, yeah, I'm going with the two-two-run Red Sox against Blue Jays, and mainly because Blue Jays are coming off a three-win streak against, but it's Kansas City. Kansas City is shit. <laughs> so, I mean, they got swept by Seattle. They beat Philly. But I think Red Sox, after the All-Star break, they come out and they definitely win on Friday. But I'm going with the 2-2-1 Red Sox to Blue Jays. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, it. It would be pretty significant. The Red Sox do not have a series win against any AL East team yet this year. Um, really sucks. The closest we've gotten to a series win was the 2-1, the 2-2 split against the Yankees. But that's all we got. So if we could get a 2-1 victory this weekend – then I think a lot of Red Sox fans are feeling a lot better. And this somber attitude that I'm already sensing in Boston goes away a little bit. Yeah, I, I hope the somber attitude continues in Boston this week, obviously. I, I know I, you do, you asshole. Yeah, I think the Blue Jays, much needed rest for them. They're a banged up squad with a lot of talent, a young team that needs to regroup. So I feel like a lot of these series, especially the two games set today with Yankees and Astros, the two best teams in the AL and Red Sox, Blue Jays, those are two teams fighting for a wild card spot in the AL. So those are big series and uh, can definitely carry some momentum for the rest going into the rest of the year. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I would be a little on edge as a Red Sox fan, but I, Honestly, if, if I wanted to be honest, I think Timmy's right. I think they take the series two out of three. Um, but that's just me being nice. I, I hope y'all get absolutely destroyed. And it's an absolute. Actually, I hope you have a fun time at the game. Um, oh, we'll have a fun time. Don't you worry about that. All right. All right. As long as you have a fun time, no matter what, that's all I care about. Um, but moving on from this. The big story of this whole of this podcast is is our hopes and dreams, um, you know, our our just desires, our our maybe guilty pleasures, if you if you might say, uh, of guys that we want traded to our respective teams this trade deadline. Oh, this I will got you. On close that. out our trade deadline segment for for the for the buyers versus sellers. This this kind of closes it out with, with hopes and dreams before we actually get to the trade deadline, which is on August 2nd, which, what is that, like a week and a half from now? So fastly approaching. Beal, do you want to do a snake draft with this? Um, with guys, obviously we can have the same guy, um, but we're each going to pick three people um, that we would want on our team, and, and we can mention other names as well. But at least the top three guys that you would want on the Red Sox after this trade deadline that you hope to see in a, in a Red Sox uniform. Do you want to start, yeah. start it off? Yeah, I'll start it off. Yeah. Um, my number one addresses the most recent issue on the Red Sox roster right now, and that is pitching. The starting pitchers have had the highest ERA in the last month of any other MLB team, and that needs to be addressed. I mean, some say that you could get away with throwing – uh, and letting up 11 runs a game. But, like, I, I mean, as a realist here, I, I don't think that's true. 
Um, unless if you're putting up 12 runs, it, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you can't win unless if you outscore the other team. So if you're <laughs> letting up right. 11 fucking runs against the Yankees, how are you going to win? So let's let's reduce those runs and let's uh, let's try to win some more games and let's bring in Luis Castillo from the Reds because he is a flamethrower. Uh, he could throw up in 97, 98 range, and he's got one of the nastiest sliders I've seen from a starting pitcher. And, I, I mean, he goes deep into games. I, I don't think there's anything not to like about him. The only question that I have between my top pick would be him or Frankie Montes, and both of them are pretty similar pitchers, but I just personally prefer Luis Castillo. He has a little bit more experience, and um, both of them would give us control through 2023, I think. so. It's going to take some prospects to get them, but I think we need one of one of those two. Um, but yeah, I gotta go with Luis Castillo. I like him better. So my number one selection um, has been this guy. This has changed very recently based on recent developments, and I think I'm after saying that you know where I'm going with this. It's Juan Soto. I mean, him shutting down contract extension after contract extension offer from the nationals. This guy getting traded, I know it's going to take the whole farm system and, and probably Glaber Torres and maybe a solid young pitcher to maybe Jordan Montgomery too. And Aaron judge. No, it won't take Aaron judge. I, I know that for a fact, but this would be twofold. We still have judge has not, um, Oh, hell yeah. Let's go, baby. Sorry, DJ LeMay, who just hit a home run. We're now down two uh, to one um, in the fifth. Sucks. He does not. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. So, so consistent. But that's completely beside the point. Juan Soto, an outfield of Juan Soto, Aaron Judge in center, and Stanton in right would be the best outfield in the game. Um and Soto is a lefty bat. What we need, power bat, can use that ability in the short porch. He walks so often, rarely strikes out, um, perfect fit in the outfield. And he's a pretty solid fielder. So, I mean, he's one of the best talents in the league. Um, definite, pro- Definitely a top 10 player in this league. So getting him just changes the team. And if we push the chips all in, I want Juan Soto. All right. That's that's an interesting take there. And on top of that, since we haven't signed Judge, who's a free agent after the end of the year, it'll hurt a lot less. I still would love to re-sign Judge. I, you know that we we made a whole it's not gonna happen. section of the stadium. But if we go all out for Soto, yeah, probably that puts the ball more in the Yankees' court, and we probably will not re-sign Judge because Soto's under contract for another three years of arbitration. So. Yeah, I don't mind that at all, but that's my first pick. Yeah, and Judge would become a future Red Sox right fielder. That would be so sad. Huh? That would be so sad. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that'll actually happen, but yeah. are, are we doing a snake draft? Are you going uh, – Yeah, next? yeah, I guess we can go snake. My second pick, um, I mentioned him – just kind of, I, I didn't, I, I've wanted this guy for a long time. Um, and when we left those cliffhangers um, last week's episode with 
with the one guy we think that if we get this guy, we're winning a championship. Um, he's an ex-Red Sox, Golden Spikes winner, currently Kansas City Royal, and that's Andrew Benintendi. Um, left fielder, all-star, batting over 300. He has a 13% strikeout rate right now. When compared to Joey Gallo's strikeout rate, who would be the replacement, Andrew Benatendi would slot, slot right in. Um, Aaron Hicks would move to the fourth outfielder. Um, Andrew Benatendi strikes out 13% of the time. Joey Gallo strikes out at a 48% clip this year, which is just earth-shatteringly just gives me chills every time I say that number. That is ridiculous. And Ben Attendee's walk rate, it's 10%. He's a guy that always puts the ball in play. Not, not a, lot, a lot of guys on our team are like that. Um, I think he'd be a perfect fit. He's above average defender. Um, but rumors are that he's not um, vaccinated. And since we play in a division that has to go and play games in Toronto, um, that's scared us off a little bit, but we've been in hot pursuit of him for a while. If we get him, he will do damage against the Red Sox. He will get us over the hump against the Astros. He will be the reason we make it to the World Series and win the World Series. Yeah. He's a beast. I, I can't deny that. You gave on y'all gave up on him too soon. But that there's we another didn't give up on him. There, we just have Yeah, you do have a lot of yeah, but I mean he de you definitely like him in left field, I think. Understand. I mean yeah. but that's another guy that benefited for from a change of scenery. So um maybe he wouldn't make it in New York. Who knows? But I I think he was able to play a cu a couple of very good seasons for the Red Sox. So I think he could handle New York. Um and he's a free agent after the year, so there's not much like it's not, he'd just be a rental. Yeah. And it, and it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take the whole farm system like Soto would. So I think it's definitely a much more manageable move. Um, yeah. That's my second pick. All right. I, I, I don't hate it. Um, my second pick is a guy who's been with the Red Sox before and would give us some depth in the bullpen because apparently we can't close out games and we can't hold leads. Um, I would love if Daniel Bard came back as a Red Sox late inning guy or closer. Great pick. Great Daniel pick. Bard, comeback player of the year last year, had dealt with uh, – some people call him the pitcher yips for uh, eight years, I think. The Red Sox tried to make him a starter in 2014, or uh, I could, I don't know. Uh, I could get back to you on that one. It was either shortly before 2013 World Series win or shortly after. I can't really remember. But they tried to make him into a starter because the Red Sox needed a starter at the time. And Daniel Bard had come up through the system as a starter, but he was pitching really well in a setup role for Jonathan Papelbon. And Soon enough, I mean, they realized that they didn't really need reliever help as much and they needed more starter help. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's Bobby Valentine. That was who tried to make them into a starter. So 2012. And um, and so he, he goes into the starter role 
and he lost his control. Everything that he had kind of just went away, got really nervous. It's just, it happens to pitchers. It's, it's a mental, uh, mountain that they have to climb. Some mental warfare out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And ever since then, he just hadn't been able to pitch in the big leagues. And, um, he had been working as, I think a, a, like a, a sports psychologist for the Diamondbacks. And it was almost like I heard this story and it made me think of the movie, The Rookie, but like someone saw him pitch and they're like, hey, have you ever thought about giving it another shot? And he was like, no, not really. And then he started pitching again and he was just throwing BP and then throwing in uh, uh, some bullpens and, and he was throwing strikes. And he was like, well, I still have the velocity and now I'm throwing strikes. What happened? And he goes back onto the mound and all of a sudden he's throwing strikes again. And it was just like, Whatever time he took away from the game to recover, he had gotten there. And last year, he came back with the Rockies and was comeback player of the year and um, was incredible in the second half of the season. And um, and he's he's a big guy in the trade market right now because everybody wants a piece of Daniel Bard. And um, he's back to throwing like he used to and throwing yeah. hard. And, and uh, he's on a yeah, terrible I mean, Rockies team. So they're yeah, definitely – And he's definitely, pitched well in Boston before, so that's a huge checkbox. Yeah, and to pitch well in Colorado, which is a huge – probably the most hitter-friendly ballpark in the league, um, yep. is impressive. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, finish us off. Number three. Uh, and number three, I, I really want an outfielder. I know I brought up a certain outfielder from the Pirates last episode, but I promise that – I would give a new outlook because, you know, I didn't want to spoil it. But um, this this idea was given to me by uh, one of my brothers. Uh, my older brother, James, had recommended this player to me. And honestly, it's not a player I thought about. I mean, he's definitely uh, – he, he's a lower-key player, not, not really that big in the game of baseball. But, like, when you look at his stats and what he's done, it, he's just – I mean, he's got incredible talent. He does everything. Um, Bonafide five-tool player. Uh, But, yeah, I I would go after Mike Trout. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not really a big guy. I'm not sure if you've heard of his name. but No, I I haven't. I I, I, I wonder, is it – did you pick him (laughs) – obviously, I love the player, but the fit that I I don't – He's not going to get traded. Can you I, can you tell me that the Red Sox wouldn't win the World Series with Mike Trout playing center field? They wouldn't. They still they wouldn't. wouldn't. That's bullshit. Mike you Trout. What has Mike Trout done in the playoffs? Mike Trout would get on base or hit a home run, and if he got on base, Devers would hit a home run. Are you just going to skirt if he hit the a question? Run, then the runs are already on the board. What? Are you just going to skirt my question? Skirt oh, in around? the playoffs. Yeah. What has he done? His team sucks. <laughs> Yeah, but he's on it. And and in his whole career, you'd think he'd be able to lead them to a playoff appearance. He he has one. Okay, one. Uh, more than one. That's what I meant. Multiple. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sad. Obviously, I'm not blaming Mike Trout. It's the team around him. And I do think with Mike Trout, you're an actual – World Series contender. I do think that, but I still don't think you'd be the favorites just because you have to fight through a tough wild card series. Um, you for sure have the best lineup in the league. I'd make an argument right now that the Red Sox already have 
the best lineup in the league um, when healthy, when fully healthy. Um, right. Um, Cause there's not, there's not a hole. You have Christian Vasquez at catcher. I, I think your biggest hole is probably Duran, probably your center fielder is probably your biggest hole, but that, I mean, he's batting like 280 so, so far this year. So there, there's no real holes on, on the roster. Maybe you could say first base, but Bobby Dalbeck's been playing well. Cordero's been playing well. I Cordero kind of sucks. It was a shocking selection from you, Beal, but, but I love it. Thank you for bringing that <laughs> to the table. Um, I know you would. My final pick is much less of a uh, – <laughs> of an earth shattering groundbreaking selection here. It is, uh, it's, it's a reliever just like Daniel Bard, an ex Yankee player, not just like Daniel Bard, but an ex player of my favorite team, the Yankees, um, an ex closer of ours, who was the closer after Mariano Rivera. He goes, he's a closer right now in the league on the Chicago Cubs. And his name is David Robertson. He has made a tremendous comeback, just like um, Daniel Bard. Um, The Cubs are very much not good. They almost have a worse record than the Reds right now. They're battling for last place in that division with the Reds and the Pirates, which is not, does not sit bode well for what the Cubs are doing this year. Robertson has a 1.89 ERA already pitched 33 innings. He's pitching incredible. Um, he's another rental. I think he's just, he's pitched in New York. He's pitched well. He's a wily veteran. This is a perfect fit to a bullpen that has been struggling lately. Um, Chapman has not been great. We're banged up. Loisaga has not been the same pitcher. He was a couple years prior and Britain's still hurt. Um, other than the revelations of Clay Holmes and Michael King this year and, and Wandy Peralta, who's just, an absolute flamethrower. I mean, past that, I I don't trust anybody else other than those three guys. Castro hasn't been the answer. So yeah, my last pick is, is David Robertson. I mean, I like it. Uh, I, I, I like the tie there. Uh, David Robertson, Daniel Bard, both relievers coming back to, to their teams. I, I mean, David Robertson wasn't really with the Yankees that long, but, Kind of felt like he was, and yeah, he was a couple a big of years. Part of the I think couple it was years ago. two and a half years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, that honestly be pretty cool. Uh, I hope he sucks with the Yankees this time around because he really destroyed us a couple times uh, when he was with the Yankees. So I'm not looking forward to that happening again. But yeah, I, I mean, that's that's a good pick. I like it. Yeah, thank you, and uh, you know. Maybe we have a little time, so do you, I, I would ask you to throw in one off the radar name. We we each gave three guys who are who are probably. I mean, Mike Trout isn't in trade discussions <laughs> right now, but other than that, the other guys we mentioned are all top twenty guys in trade talks right now. Um, so, give me somebody who's off the radar, um, and and just like a minor move who you think could end up being like a, a, just a big, like a Jorge Soler last year was not a big move by any means. Um, 
for the Braves, but ended up being an absolutely incredible move um, with the value he gave to their team, obviously being World Series MVP. So just, but it didn't take much to get, to get Jorge Soler last year being a rental. So um, maybe a guy, yeah. So do you want me to start here with, with yeah. how? Yeah. So Go a guy off the beaten path who doesn't get a lot of buzz, um, but who I think would be a great fit with the Yankees um, is a lefty bat, obviously. Uh, and, and on the other flip side of this coin, um, we could talk about guys who we don't want on the roster anymore. There's only one guy that I don't want on this roster. And I've said it for weeks, weeks and weeks on end. Um, pretty much at the start of the season, before the season started, I knew this guy would most likely get traded at the trade deadline. It's Joey Gallo, um, who is an outfielder. Um, and just, I mean, as much as he says he wants to stay with the team, he's batting 160. He's not fielding well. He gives this team absolutely nothing. He strikes out all the time. He cannot, the only time he hits home runs is when the team's up like 10 to two. Um, so yes, Joey Gallo by any stretch of the name is gone, but my off off the radar guy who I'd much rather see get a chance on this team, who I think has a little bit of trade value, but not much is, is David Peralta. He's played all of his career with the diamondbacks. He's in his ninth season right now. Um, so far this year, I mean, he's only batting 236, um, but he works walks, doesn't strike out much. hits way better against righties than he does lefties. Um, lefty bat. So he can platoon. He can platoon very well with a guy, guy like, not that we would platoon Stanton, but a guy like Aaron Hicks, he could platoon well with him. Um, so I, I just like bringing David Peralta into the fold. He fields very well, which is something that Carpenter can't give us in the outfield. But as long as Carpenter's bat is, is performing the way he is right now. I don't think that can keep up um, over the course of the season. I think he's going to come back down to earth, but if he doesn't, I God, I hope he doesn't. And his stash is, is uh, top gun esque. It's, it's gorgeous. But David Peralta is my off the radar guy who I, I who is it would be regarded as a small move for the Yankees, but who I think could pay dividends for this team and come up come up very well, especially because he is very, he's a plus defender, a very good outfielder, um, which is something we need in our, and everybody needs in their team. So yeah, that's yeah. my off the radar guy. Um, I've got a little bit of an off the radar guy. I wouldn't really necessarily consider him completely off the radar. I know that he's gotten some buzz, but honestly not a ton. And I did bring him up a couple weeks ago, but, I really like Charlie Blackman. I think that he often gets overlooked with where he plays. But on a good team, he gives me a Jorge Soler type of vibe. Like, like he could jack homers every single game you put him out there if he gets hot. And often he does. And we just don't see it a lot because he plays in Colorado. But that dude gets on power streaks like any other. Like, he is just an incredible hitter from the left side. Um, he's got a little bit of speed. He could play the corner outfield. And I, I just I think it really wouldn't take that much to to 
prime away from Colorado. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd kind of be curious to see where he ends up. I don't know uh, if the Red Sox will be going after him, but I would very much appreciate going after a guy who's a lefty power bat because we just, uh, obviously we've got Devers, but besides him, we don't have a lot of those, the missing piece right now. Oh, as you know, most Red Sox fans are seeing it is Schwarber. I, I mean, that's the difference between last year and this year in our offense and consistency. And, um, and Schwarber was a guy who was able to command the strike zone well from the left side and hit bombs. And Blackman is definitely not Schwarber as far as from a power standpoint, but, um, but he's got 14 home runs, probably projecting to hit around 30 this year. And it, he commands the strike zone. Well, he gets on base and he just, he knows how to hit. And I, I mean, it'd be easy to plug him in anywhere, whether it's at DH right field, left field, doesn't really matter. It'd probably take someone like Verdugo um, to get him a, a guy who's, you know, major league ready because the Rockies, again, they aren't young. They had a weird offseason where they went after Chris Bryant and say Suzuki. So they're not looking to trade their pieces necessarily for like farm hands because it just it seems like going after players for their farm system would be counterproductive to what they did this offseason. So I can't imagine that they would just go for some younger prospects in exchange for Charlie Blackman. So I think it would take either like a Verdugo or a package around like Bobby, if they're willing to bank on him uh, or some other younger player, Jeter Downs or something like that to, to be able to get a Charlie Blackman. So definitely not a small move, but I do think it's, it's more off the radar and it's not something that Red Sox fans are thinking about come trade deadline to yeah. go after a guy from Colorado. Yeah, that, that is, that's a solid off, off the radar move. Definitely was not thinking about, Charlie Blackman being on the trade block. Um, I, I know he is, uh, but Colorado is not a lot team that gets a lot of buzz, especially with how, how bad they are in, in a very good division. Um, but yeah, that does it for us as always. Um, enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, your brunches, your runners, and, and enjoy your baseball games feel. Um, I, I hope thank you. I, will. I, I, will. I hope we all enjoy our baseball games this weekend. Um, and I, I, I hope say, I hear plenty of dirty water. And I want to say three things before leave the podcast. Welcome back, Tyler Wade, to the Yankees. Um, we got him for cash considerations from the Angels, who is a great base runner and, and fielder, so utility man. Uh, second, congrats to Giancarlo Stanton for being All-Star MVP. Um, and congratulations to me for picking Juan Soto to win the home run derby and predicted, we both predicted the AL to win. Um, so we were right there. And uh, so congratulations to us. And then my final point is congratulations, Nestor Cortez for getting engaged. Um, I think it was two days ago on at the, on the all-star game, he asked his girlfriend to marry him and she said, yes. And who was That's awesome. He's what a he's great stuck. story. Yeah. So congrats to Nestor Cortez. All right, Bill. Congrats, us out. Nestor. Uh, resign Rafi, you fucking assholes who are in charge of the Boston Red Sox. Just give them his fucking money and move on.